5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Better, uh, you better get uh, hip to this if you're a young person, and if you're an old guardian of this kind of the music, you're 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 a little upset now that it's appearing on the TikTok, right? Well, Do I a, have that right? No, you got it wrong. You got it all wrong. It was a, no, 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 no. It was a Stranger Things thing. Well, that's what I was getting at. Okay, I, mean, I got it all wrong. All right, all right, sorry. You ever listen to what I say, or is it the noise <laughs> of the vacuum? Uh, oh yeah, just keeping. Apparently, it's, 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 we're doing some spring cleaning uh, a couple months late here around the uh, studio. I'm wondering what the hell that was. No, because this song and uh, what was the other one that was on Stranger Things, a Kate Bush song? Oh, yeah, that weird song. That Come on, let's face it. That, that's not a good song. That song's weird. But anyway, it's charted Kate Bush and Metallica back in the sales charts, you know, or the download charts. And, like, so people of your generation, it's like when uh, Kanye and Paul McCartney did a duet a couple years ago. And people were like, oh, this Paul McCartney guy, man, Kanye gave him his big break. <laughs> he you finally know? made it at <laughs> right, 80 years old. He finally got yeah. his hit. But um, I guess, though, like the old school metalheads, old school Metallica fans aren't happy about it. I don't see why like not. Well, I, I don't either, but they feel like they are sort of the the guardians of uh, Metallica. Yeah, the gatekeepers. That's it. Thank you, Ben. Gatekeepers of Metallica fandom. And, I mean, that's I, – I, I, I don't understand that, but, you know, sometimes the old heads like to, like to gatekeep, right? I was telling you before we went on the air, you know, my main man Fitzpatrick J., my nephew, um, during the, the holiday week. Hi, Ben. There you go. He, uh, he's, you know, a young, young kid. And uh, was probably, I was probably a little, he's a little younger than I was when I became, a, as a kid, a fan of pro wrestling. You know, I was flipping channels and there was Jake was Snake Roberts. Yeah, with the talking snake. Talking about WrestleMania 2. And so I was very intrigued by it. Uh, and then I got, uh, I, so I said, we'll watch uh, the AEWs, you know. So we watched that, and he kind of liked it. But, you know, that, that stuff could get a little out of bounds. So we, you know, about 45 minute, minutes into it, it was decided we needed to sort of move on and go to bed. <laughs> well, as a kid, I would be all about AEW. A lot right. of weapons, a lot of explosions. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of, all, yeah. all a lot that of craziness. Stuff. Yeah. So then I, he wanted to watch more wrestling later in the week. So I, I, I went to, of course, YouTube. And I let him watch Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 3, and he loved it. I'm surprised. That's awesome. That's great. No, you can always count on 80s WWE 
to not uh, to, to not be out there dropping words you don't want them to hear, or, <laughs> or, or as you say, using weapons and things exploding. Yeah. you know that's you can always. So he loved that. That was my first um, match. My dad put me on too, so that's great. Yeah. That's still so kind of carrying that's, on. Yeah. With all that said, and this is where I wanted to start today. But I mean, you played the song, and we got into gatekeeping. But I'm not someone who's going to gatekeep, you know, cool things that I might have been interested in as a kid and say that the next generation or even the generation after that can't be a part of it. I think that's... I was a big fan of uh, 60s and 70s, well, particularly 60s stuff. Yeah. Like Nick and Knight came, Nick at Night came around when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And for, and for periods of time, I would watch, you know, like My Three Sons and all that. I mean, I watched my fair share of ALF and... Perfect Alf. strangers and and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But I on certain nights, if there was something on that just stunk, I'd watch the Nick at Night uh, comedies. Nobody was gatekeeping me from that. And I'm glad they didn't. You know. So yeah. I don't I don't understand the the reason you want to gatekeep people from you know see, uh, learning about cool things like Metallica. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still a young buck here, so I haven't had that experience yet, but um. I oh no! There's imagine. probably been people who yeah. have tried to get, but your but your dad is actually really cool about sharing stuff with. Oh, you. Oh yeah, absolutely, awesome. Yeah, I mean you we've know. watched old Cowboys games and old wrestling yeah. and whatnot. We're watching NWA, old NWA right now. So that man, that Ronnie Garvin, he really is a bad guy. <laughs> I don't like him. He wants to be Flair and he's really mean. <laughs> that Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> so um, I, I guess we had the news on Friday uh, about. ECU alum, CEO of the WWE, Vince McMahon, retiring. How about that? I never thought that? we would see the day. I thought he would die before he ever retired, to be quite honest yeah, with you. I, I thought it'd get bad before he went. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it may have. Uh, but there's all kinds of other things so going it's on. It's pretty bad. <laughs> he, well, I was going to say, he's alleged to have paid this hush money to women who he carried on with. and I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so we're trying to get a couple of our old uh, wrestling friend guests. Because, I mean, let's face it, Vince McMahon, to a certain amount of uh, people in our audience, I'm sure that, you know, one way or the other, watch wrestling in the last 40 years. Uh, he, they, he's left an imprint on that. There's a cultural imprint. Well, there's... Plus, he's, a, he's an ECU alum. And, I, and I, might, I could argue, in some ways, the most successful ECU alum. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think with, he's a billionaire, without a doubt. I don't think there's no debate about it, but I no, mean, monetarily, I mean, he's created for better or for worse. It may not be your jam uh, out there in Radio Land, but I mean, he for better or for worse, he's created a multi-generational entertainment empire. Yeah, and he's one of the, I would say, top three most recognizable wrestling figures of all time, him, Hogan, and The Rock. I mean, there's no debate stone, about it. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. You oh, yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. I mean, but everybody knows Vince McMahon, I would say. I mean, he's, he's up well, he's there right for up sure. there. Yeah. I'd if he's not top three, top five, I would say. But he's got some some tough allegations going against him. Right yeah, now. yeah, and, that, and that's what we know of so far. I mean, it's 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 pretty bad. And then all this is happening this week, while uh, the Nature Boy is uh, wrestling his last match, supposedly Woo! his retirement match. Yeah, I'm concerned about this. I'm worried. He wasn't looking too good 10, 15 years ago in right. the ring. So <laughs> this is this is a concern for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, we're laughing, but I'm genuinely concerned he could kill over. Well, what makes it worse is that uh, at WrestleMania, when he had that match against Michaels, he had the perfect retirement, and he kept it going yeah. and, and ruined yeah. it. 
Uh, Rick's needed the money over the years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Slick Rick has needed the can't money. Can't say I blame him, I guess. All right. Um, enough of the silliness. Welcome in. It's uh, great to have you along with us uh, for a Monday. Final uh, week of July. We inch ever so closer to uh, the start of football season. We've got uh, media days this week for the AAC. Now, that's coming up Thursday. And uh, it's going to be virtual again. So we'll be bringing you coverage of that, obviously, during the show. Um, we'll have some access to video and that kind of thing, so we'll try to post some clips. Uh, it all kind of gets underway, and ESPN Plus is doing, uh, I guess, a day long from there. Our guy Rini and Goli is involved, right? So hold on, hold on. I don't think he properly introduced him there. Well, it's, he's not on the he's not in the Hall of Fame, is he? No, but he's got a nickname, doesn't he? Oh yes, the Rochester. There we go. There we go. Rini and Golia will be on uh, with us, or will be at uh, Media Day. I guess they're going to be at whatever their studio site is. Uh, for ESPN Plus, and they're going to be doing a, um, you know, the stuff in between the uh, the interviews, and then there's like an hour in the middle of the day where there's. So I'm assuming in every 30 minutes they're going to have these virtual press conferences or, or moments where they're speaking. Well, and I don't yeah. know if they're, I don't know if they're talking to, uh, the, or if we're going to get to ask questions virtually. I mean, we've signed up to do so. I, who knows how all this is working? But my point is that there's going to be a um, there's going to be a uh, a virtual, if you will, uh, deal. It's not going to be like we've seen with the ACC, where everybody was in Charlotte. This is going to be uh, people beamed in via the magic of uh, their their ESPN Plus hookups to the. Uh, to the different locations or to a centralized location. And anyway, it's supposed to be every 30 minutes. And of course it starts at 10 5 AM Eastern this Thursday with commissioner Oresco. If we think Mike Oresco is talking for 25 minutes, they're not asking him more than maybe two questions tops, right? That's true. Yeah. I mean, you get about 10 minutes a piece at the very least when you ask a question to him. So. And that's not a knock on the commission. We love the commission. That's good. I love to have as much information as possible if I ask a question. So, I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it to be quite frank with you. And then right off the jump after the commissioners, we're going to have, you're going to have uh, coach Houston, Holton Aylers, and then who was the other player, Ben? I, I I saw it today, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll get back with you on that one. Yeah, uh, but we're going to have – they're going to have that. Uh, they're going to have some players on there. Uh, they're going to have – Miles Berry. Uh, Miles Berry, yeah. Lombard. So that's – yep, that's who's going to be on there. So a couple of players. Uh, we'll bring you all of that in a recap fashion on uh, Friday – or excuse me, Thursday – and then uh, they're going to have other stuff, you know, other coaches, other players from there. So we'll have some of that for you later in the week as well. And, you know, as warranted next week, get into that. But we'll have all of that for you. So that's kind of what the rest of the week or the tail end of the week will be like as we get closer and closer to Pirate football. Now, uh, on Wednesday, uh, he was honored on Friday uh, at the uh, Dooley uh, event that all the coaches, uh, the three triangle ACC coaches, the central coach and Mike used to participate in that kind of annual deal. I think our guy, David Glenn resurfaced. He was, he was the moderator 
on oh, okay. Friday. He's still out there told. doing his thing, I guess. I, uh, you know, get on him. Guys, gotta guys gotta keep relevant, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but David Glenn is was out there, uh, sort of moderating that. But uh, Daryl Hawk Harrison, who of course we all know, Hawk is, you know, was a football player at ECU, went on to be a, a uh, really decorated college football official. And so we're going to have him on uh, to talk a little, you know, his career, talk about receiving that award he received and talk about, um, you know, just to, just kind of, you know, officiating in general. Maybe even ask him some rules. I don't know if he's up on all the rules, but, you know, some basic stuff. Who knows? We might challenge he and the ref to a ref off. I doubt it, though. Um, but uh, Hawk will be with us on Wednesday. Now, who do you think would win that one? <sighs> I think I think Daryl still would, although Daryl, in fairness, is not an active official anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, Phillip's got the reps in right now. I mean, he's an active guy. I mean, his, his nickname's Phillip, really the ref. But Philip doesn't know as much as Philip thinks he does. Okay, all right. I think that's, <laughs> that's a fair criticism, I guess. And yeah. I don't mean I don't, well. It's not a criticism. It's just my observation. And I love Philip. You know, I love Philip. Be a little bit of a know-it-all. No, I did. Look, you said that. I did not. Hey, all right. I'll take it there then. I just think Philip sometimes gets ahead of his skis. That's all. That's all. You know. But I'm sure he's a fine official. Somebody I'm blow sure the whistle. Somebody's got to blow the whistle. Exactly. Um, I tell you that to just tell you today's guest, actually, uh, is Muggsy Bogues. Charlotte Hornets legend. And also, of course, the uh, guy who was uh, inducted formally finally this past spring into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Ronnie Barnes was also a part of that class who of course uh, kind of the godfather of sports medicine and uh, ECU alum. So uh, Ronnie Barnes uh, in that but we'll hear from Muggsy Bogues about his career. Muggsy's uh, a guy we've talked to uh, in other uh, on other shows that I've done so uh, looking forward to having him on. I'll tell you what, why don't we grab a break? We'll come back. Uh, we do have kind of uh, an update on a serious matter uh, involving uh, uh, an ECU baseball player, incoming ECU baseball player. And uh, the NFL made a big announcement today. NFL Plus will tell you all about it when we come back. And Pirates. Boy there, Panthers. Go, baby. P-Man. Uh, but it's This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Reported uh, earlier today from our guy Brian Mall, who of course, uh, part of Blue Ribbon and Lindy's covering college basketball, the Lenardi team. Uh, East Carolina and UNCW will resume their basketball rivalry in Trask this season. That is per a source, he says. Uh, the most recent meeting, December of 2020, in Minji's ECU 188-78 in overtime. Uh, there was an effort and a desire to play last year, but they just some, some things happened and it didn't get done. Uh, I think the prior coaching staff didn't want to go to Trask necessarily. But uh, there was maybe an unwillingness to to make it a money game on ECU's part. 
a pay game, so to speak. And uh, I, I think UNCW would have been fine with that, but it just it didn't end up working out. And so this is obviously, and if you were with us last week, we were at the, the chamber luncheon, the power luncheon, and, you know, Mike uh, Swartz indicated that they were going to renew a rivalry or a series with the team in Teal and indicated that it would be three years. So, you know, some of this is not new ground that's being, uh, you know, tilled necessarily, but uh, it looks like that, it, at least according to this reporting, that that game would be in um, in Trask. So let's think about this for a minute, Ben. Okay. Pirates, Pirates um, you know, last year played virtually all of their non-con games at home, right? Yep. They, they had the game against Liberty and Charlotte, then they had the three games down at Myrtle Beach. The other nine were at home. Yeah, all of them, I, I believe, were at home. Not a lot of and non-conference then, games. And then they struggled, obviously, in the league. And, and But point is, they finished 500, right? Yep. Which was kind of a, a landmark record-wise season. I mean, a rarity, to be quite honest, overall. Now you've got a totally revamped roster. A lot of young guys on the roster. New staff. A lot of guys and, from France. <laughs> I don't know hey, why, but there's a lot of guys from France. So you've got, you've, you've got, um, if this report is true, I mean, Mike Swartz said they're going to go to Old Dominion. There's some indications that they're going to play a neutral game against an SEC team this year. Uh, you go to Trask. You know, all three tough situations with a young team. And then there's the three games that will be played down at the Gulf Coast Showcase. So now you've, you've got a 13-game situation, and six of those games are going to be played away in a couple of tough venues, tough places to win historically for the Pirates. Yeah. And uh, the other games will be played in, you know, neutral settings. Obviously, you're playing an SEC opponent. That'll be, a, you know, a challenge. But I think there could also be a challenge, uh, depending on who you get in the Gulf Coast thing, because you, you want to at least, obviously, want to win three event games down in that event. But you know, you, I think if you get away with two or three with a young team, that's a that's a pretty solid deal. And again, I'm I'm speaking in general, you know, real general generalized kind of thoughts here yeah. on that. But you know, that's six games away from home with a young team. Uh, theoretically, that leaves you with seven home games. You know, we know Mercer's going to be the opener. So that's, you know, that's, that's, you, you, you better be scheduling where you can win some games uh, at home with a young team. Also, I'll tell you this. Um, um, NC State released their schedule today, you know? Okay. Uh, their non-conference basketball schedule. Pretty rough. Is it garbage? I mean, are they just playing well, gimme games? State, or? Fa- state fans aren't happy, but I mean, Kevin Keats realizing I need to schedule wins is scheduling wins. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't want to go into the conference season or the uh, conference schedule uh, sub five hundred or barely five hundred because I mean, look, once they get in that conference uh, conference schedule, we all know they're not going to fare too well. So, I mean, no one's picking the NC State to win the uh, win the ACC anytime soon. So, might as well enjoy the wins while you got them because there ain't going to be a lot of winning in their future. I just I think their fan base is not happy right now with Kevin Keats. That's well, they're delusional. I mean, that's why. I mean, they're yeah. a delusional fan base. Um, 
Sad news to, to report. We've got a little bit of an update on it. Uh, an incoming member of the ECU baseball team is in the hospital after a boating accident in Beaufort County this weekend. Parker Bird was one of two people that were tubing on Bath Creek. They, you know, fell off their inner tubes. This happened Saturday. Uh, Bird's friend got back to the boat, but apparently, according to wildlife officials, Bird, as he was kind of swimming back to the boat, uh, which was supposed to be in neutral, the ski rope got caught on the propeller and it pulled him towards the boat. And then uh, the wildlife people say that the prop cut boy, Bird on both of his legs uh, and he was taken out of the water by his friends immediately and they applied a tourniquet to his legs and there was a nurse on board a boat and, and she helped him with the tourniquet and he was airlifted to ECU Health Medical Center in Greenville. Now, this is a young man who's from Laurenburg and is, um, uh, again, incoming uh, Scotland High School graduate, uh, incoming freshman to play baseball. Um, ECU Health did confirm to the news stations today that Bird is a patient there. Uh, and then a Facebook post from the school uh Scotland County deal is is asking everybody to, uh, you know, obviously pass along their uh, their well wishes to Parker Bird and his family. Uh, Bird's mother, Mitzi Lee Bird, uh, posted this uh, yesterday late. Parker's out of surgery. Excuse me, I'm a little choked up there. Parker is out of surgery. They cleaned both his legs and reattached the muscles in his left leg. They're expected. They expect that'll heal well with time. They were not able to reattach muscles in his right leg at this time and expect to do that possibly Tuesday. Uh, they initially told us that they could not find his uh, sciatic nerve in his right leg and they thought it was severed, but they found it intact today. Apparently it had a small uh, nick, so they were able to restore... Uh, blood flow to the right leg. Uh, so obviously there is a lot of, I mean, that's a level one trauma center, as we know. He was airlifted there. They were able to care for him. You know, as far as what becomes of his baseball career, that's the least important thing and is probably uh, way, way, way down the list in the fact that, you know, it appears that they're going to be able to, you know, uh, at least have reattached muscles in one leg and, and are hopeful they can tomorrow do that. Uh, you know, there's good blood flow, according to his mother's post. There's no infection. That is good. Uh, the muscles movement, uh, you know, have to, you have to have some pain management and, and movement of the muscles to be totally restored. So this is, these are all positive things, but obviously a long way to go, and, and who knows what the prognosis will be because there are such... Things it's the trauma and the you know swelling and the injury and that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll keep, continue to keep an eye on this. This is a you know at least the very most recent update. Uh, Bird was on the summer baseball roster for ECU after finishing his senior year at Scotland, and you know obviously was probably already in in school getting ready for uh, the fall, and uh, was out like a lot of uh, you know kids do that that 
are in Greenville for the summer or in summer school or, or from here, you know, you go out and you have some fun in the uh, in the summer around here. And um, that's that's a tough, tough uh, injury. We wish him the very best. I'll, I'll hang on to right now uh, the deets on this. We've put it on social media. Uh, but the NFL has launched a new streaming service, NFL Plus. And it's going to be $4.99 a month. It uh, is premiering today. Uh, the subscription will include all out-of-market preseason games, which was formerly only available with the subscription on NFL Game Pass. And that was 99 bucks a year. This would be 40 bucks a year. Uh, and this is a mobile device thing, right, Ben? Is that what it is? Local and primetime games? That's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. I mean, something you can get on your Fire Stick, something you can get on your phone. I mean, just like Peacock app, Netflix, uh, whatever streaming services you use. But this is money going straight to the NFL. This is not someone who. No, is there's the, no. I don't believe there's a mediator here. It's just right. basically the NFL. This is their right. own streaming service. Nobody else involved in terms of the media. The media deal here. Right. So there you go. All right, uh, Muggsy Bogues coming up. Uh, looking forward to catching up uh, with him. And why don't you, Ben, uh, give us an update now on uh, 94.3 The Game here, and uh, we'll run through all of that. And when we uh, come back, uh, Muggsy Bogues will join us uh, to uh, talk about uh, going into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame and his great career as a Charlotte Hornets legend. Right now, here's Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Add another name to the list of players from the 2022 East Carolina University baseball team who have a future in the majors. C.J. Mayhew has agreed to an undrafted free agent deal with the Los Angeles Angels. He's the fourth member of the Pirates team to end up in pro baseball. Carson Wisenhunt was chosen at the end of the second round by the San Francisco Giants. Zach Agnos was drafted in the 10th and signed with the Rockies. And Bryson Wells signed an undrafted free agent deal with the Atlanta Braves. In addition, class of 2022 ECU signee Pete Peyton Martin of West Forsyth High School was selected in the 17th round by the Los Angeles Dodgers. One of the best to play football at D.H. Conley High School, Holton Haler's ECU quarterback showed the participants some of the many things he learned both at Conley and East Carolina. He was joined by some of his former teammates along with his high school coach Nate Connor. They showed the camp participants a wide variety of skills and techniques for Ehlers. It was a great chance to come back and give back at his football camp. Pretty sweet, you know, on the way here. It was honestly like a dream come true. You know, I was just telling um, people I rode over here with, uh, pretty surreal. I was here playing, you know, high school football five years ago, and now I'm hosting my own campus. Close to 100 kids here. Um, it was just a blessing, you know. I had a lot of people behind the scenes helping me out, so I really wouldn't be able to do it without them. And then, honestly, just the kids, you know, they're the ones who, who make this thing possible, and I just appreciate everyone coming out. East Carolina graduate student Ryan Jones is one of 54 players named to the 2022 John Mackey Award watch list. The Charlotte native is the second Pirate to earn preseason watch list honors following Keaton Mitchell's selection to the Maxwell Award. East Carolina UNCW and basketball resumed their basketball rivalry in trash this season, according to Brian Mole on Twitter. And it's some heartbreaking news. Incoming freshman and Pirate baseball player Parker Bird is in a hospital and dealing with major lower body injuries after a tubing accident over the weekend. We keep burdening our prayers. NFL training camps are getting underway for teams across the league. The Panthers are having both rookies and veterans report to camp tomorrow. Carolina waited to start camp as other teams kicked off camp last week. The Panthers will kick off their preseason schedule on Saturday, August 13th against the Commanders. The Panthers got some work done in the front office as well. Finally signed a third-round pick out of Old Miss, Matt Corral, 
to his rookie deal. The Charlotte Hornets are interested in a reunion with free agent point guard Kimball Walken. Uh, Kimball Walker, excuse me, according to a report by Sham Shar- Sharania. Carolina Hurricanes have inked defenseman William Legason to a one-year two-way contract for the Montreal Canadiens. And Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch will not be keeping their first and second place status after the NASCAR Cup Series race at Pocono. Hamlin, who had finished first, was disqualified after failing post-race inspection, as well as Bush, who finished second. Instead, original third-place finisher Chase Elliott has been awarded with the win. Tyler Reddick is now the second-place finisher, while Daniel Suarez is third. Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson are rounding out the top five. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Byram. Coming up, Charlotte Hornets legend Muggsy Bogues with the P-Man on the other side of this quick time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold. 94.3 The Game. Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, back, back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. I am pretty excited right now because we've got the great Muggsy Bogues on the program uh, with us here. Of course, you, uh, I'm sure, remember Muggsy for his time as a member of the Charlotte Hornets, one of their all-time greats. Uh, had a storied NBA career that took him to a couple other uh, stops that started also in the nation's capital. And, of course, uh, Muggsy Bogues started uh, onto the national scene collegiately as a member of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. So a real treat to have Muggsy Bogues on uh, with us right now on the Patrick Johnson Show. I've had a chance in different incarnations to talk to him over the years. Uh, but, uh, Muggsy, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. And I wanted to say this. Uh, congratulations, because you were uh, formally inducted, finally, into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame earlier uh, this uh, year, back in uh, April, I believe. Uh, and that was uh, an honor that was uh, postponed temporarily, the actual induction ceremony because of COVID. But uh, you're in now, and I just wanted to give you a, a hearty congratulations on that. What an honor. I mean, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. I'm truly honored and thankful to be able to, you know, be put in conversation as some of the greatest that's ever done this. And to be able even not born in North Carolina, but most of my entire adult life has been spent in North Carolina. So I'm so thankful that they recognized that and gave me an opportunity to be part of some of the greatest people that ever, you know, not only just played the game, but just all the great things they've done in their careers, you know, sportscasters as well as doctors and so forth. Yeah, look, I know you're a Baltimorean originally, but you're a North Carolina guy now. You've been here long enough. You're a North Carolina guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know yeah. I know what you're not. You're not someone from Toronto. That always blew my mind when they, when they sent you up uh, when they sent you up there. The great Muggsy Bogues is with us. Because of COVID, was there a greater appreciation for that night back in April just because of everything that had been so weird the last two years? Yeah, it was. I mean, just to be able to gather, you know, getting in a room with folks where you didn't have to have a mask on to be conscious of anybody breathing and that sort of thing. I mean, it was just a good feeling to just be back to that human social uh, feeling that you love to encounter with. And uh, being able to, 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 to have that type of experience 
it was warranted and it was definitely deserving. Um, so it was so good just to be able to, you know, see some of the old friends that I even went to school with, some of the coaches that uh, coached me and, and taught me and mentored me. Um, just seeing a lot of little old faces brought back a lot of memories. You know, I was a fanatical uh, NBA fan growing up. I, I started out as a Celtics fan, and about the time that I really got into the Celtics, they were breaking down with Bird McHale and, and, and the Chief, who was still playing, but Bird and McHale were breaking down and the, the, the tragic death of uh, Reggie Lewis, another guy from uh, uh, kind of the neck of the woods where, where you were from up north. But the Hornets came along, and there was Del Curry, and there was LJ, and there was Zoe, and then there was Muggsy Bogues and Johnny Newman, and uh, even a little bit of G-Man sprinkled in there. And, and I, I, I just, I, I kind of left the Celtics because they started to not win, and I just got, I caught the Hornets, even in eastern North Carolina, I just caught the, the bug, if you will, pardon the pun, of, of the Hornets. It, it was like a college environment. You played in the ACC, so it was like a, a college environment in a lot of ways. It truly was. I mean, you got to understand where... Carolina, I mean, the history behind Carolina basketball is all about collegiate basketball. You know, all the, the big four, Wake Forest, you got Duke, Carolina State. So, you know, that always been such a big robbery for so long. And college basketball has been so big and huge in the state of North Carolina with all those great teams. And being able to now be afforded a professional team, which was very young, um, new, um, still not knowing anything about the professional uh, rankings of the teams. So they had that still that energized, that collegiate enthusiasm uh, type of support that we were so overwhelmed with. Um, we led the lead in tennis for nine straight years, 24,000 uh, fans came yeah. and supported us night in and night out. I mean, I remember the very first game we lost uh, against Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, we had the men dressed in tuxedos, the women in their gowns. Um, and they had the powerhouse of Brad Doherty, Mark Price, and Ron Harper, and yeah. these guys like that. Um, but we wound up losing about 40 points that night. <laughs> and uh, But the place was electrifying. But when we walked off the court and the entire crowd stood up and gave us a standing ovation, we knew this was a very special place. And from then on, you know, things have been working out well for me and, and for that organization since then. You had played in the NBA a little bit with the uh... – the, the bullets at the time, Washington, yes. and there was the, the infamous uh, photo which shows up now <laughs> on social media of you and Manute Ball standing beside each other and, and all of that. You realize what the league was about. You realize that, you know, it is a business and that, you know, being on the road sounds glamorous, but especially in those days, the travel was a little tougher maybe than it is uh, now. Fair to say that the Charlotte experience, I don't think it, I'm not saying you didn't love basketball, but it, did it kind of invoke some different emotions about the pro game for you even? just with the way that the city embraced the team? Knowing how passionate we were about basketball in the state of North Carolina and then having the opportunity to get a look, I should say, one year of experience in the NBA and learn the business side of it as well as the game itself and then coming to Charlotte. And as I say, you know, by the fans just being that enthused about the game of collegiate and then now thrust upon to be, you know, having a professional team and being that type of support, I mean, that's the experience that I understood, and that's something that I knew that we was all growing together. We was, they was all learning on the fly as well. Um, winning carries a lot of things, and early on we wasn't doing that, um, especially the beginning, our first couple of years. But that third year, I mean, but it was always exciting, you know, the way yeah. we competed. 
But that third year is when everything started to change, and it's mainly because of the draft pick we were starting to acquire and better players. And then all of a sudden, Alonzo and then Larry Johnson came along, and then that put us on a different stage. And then I think the fans grew with that as well. I mean, they understood how we were starting to grow, how we were starting to win, and that support just started to feel real genuine, and it seemed like it was a partnership going forward. Muggsy Bogues is with us here. I want to go back to uh, Baltimore, Dunbar, and and how you wound up at Wake Forest. Well, let's just go back all the way to just getting involved in basketball. As a fellow vertically challenged uh, wannabe baller (laughs) as a young man, I was always said I was the power forward in John Bagley's body. Kind of short and (laughs) overweight, but, you know, I could. I had the power game. Obviously, my NBA dreams dashed at a very early age, but uh, you stuck with it. I mean, obviously, a very talented player. But I mean, I mean, the height comes up. And how many times were you told no about basketball to play at the level you wanted to play at? Oh, every every turn that I can look, everywhere I went, every time I tried, you know, why are you doing this? No, you're too small. All that. And again, I was challenged like you as well. Um, in terms- no, I had a lot more challenges, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I had, to, I had to learn some of them skill sets in order to overcome some of the things that was coming my way. And I felt like, you know, my skill, my confidence and where I played the game and how I impacted will eventually, you know, wear on some folks. And if you play the game the right way and you understand the position that you play, you're able to move, uh, move and able to, um, you know, become a little more, uh, successful in that in, in that particular area uh, and point guard was my position mm-hmm. and I understood what that position all called for and what the um, the more what, what, what type of elements that need to be um, provided to be able to play that position regardless of your height and being able to run a team making guys around you better at the same time being an extension of a coach allowed me to be that player and kept me on the floor for a long time. How how'd you wind up at Wake Forest? I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, and I've, I've talked to you, but how did all that come about? Well, I've been, been recruited. Uh, I was recruited pretty heavily from Virginia, Seton Hall. Uh, Wake Forest came along. Uh, but I think when I took my visit, uh, even though I knew nothing about Carolina at the time, I knew nothing about Wake Forest, Winston-Salem. But when I went on my visit, I mean, I was my mind was blown because it was the opposite where I came from. Right. And that's probably what it was. It was the opposite. It seemed like a, a safe haven as well. Uh, a small town, a small school, an opportunity that really fits the needs of what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, academically, it will be challenging for me, which I needed it. And then the situation, being able to have an opportunity my sophomore year to become that starter, um, you know, playing behind Danny Young my first year, who was a senior, uh, learning from him. Um, so all the things kind of lined up for me and thankful that, you know, I, I saw that and envisioned it and it all worked out in my favor. And, and I'm so grateful for that. You can follow uh, Muggsy Bogues on Twitter at Muggsy Bogues, MuggsyBogues.com. He's got his uh, basketball camps coming up in the beginning part of uh, August. That might be something that would be a lot of fun for uh, for kids to, to do. Even uh, in our area, I mean, everybody wants to take a trip. And, you know, if you're maybe a little challenged uh, with your uh, – finances in these days and times you know maybe a staycation out to the charlotte area and sending your kids off to that camp might be a cool idea uh we've got uh, mugsy with us here on the patrick johnson show it's real great to have him here so you you go to wake forest you're heavily recruited uh you build your way up and you end up having a great acc career 
uh, were you thinking NBA automatically? or Because, again, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> you were told that, that infamous word no when it came to the NBA dreams. Yeah, well, that was, I was told no at each level. You know, elementary school, we didn't have middle school, junior high school, high school all the way up to college. And, of course, you knew you was going to hear that when you're trying to pursue an NBA career. And that was something that always stuck in the back of my mind, and, and, and just for a little bit, but I always believed in myself. I always knew the things that I was capable of doing, and I felt like if I focused more on that, on that and continue to be success, and I always had the mindset if I played against the best, if I had success against the best, I must be included with the best. And having that mindset allowed me to keep climbing the ladders and put me on the stage and put me on a platform that where – the people who make those decisions in terms of the NBA and saying what type of skill set that I possess, that they will see I am capable, regardless of my size, the impact that he has on that floor. That's what it all matters. And me having that understanding and always having that understanding, I felt like I was going to break down those barriers eventually. Well, well you did. And, you know, I think, again, we, we talk about kind of that love affair that uh, North Carolina had with the Hornets. It just seemed to me when you got traded and when Del Curry got traded, th- th- those were the two, you know, and I, I know the Larry Johnson and particularly the Alonzo Morning free agency probably had a lot to do, but it, but to me, the heart of the Hornets kind of went away when, or that original Hornets went away when, when you got traded and when Del Curry got traded. Yes. But it had to be a bummer for you. Absolutely. I mean, that was the second time I was told something <laughs> that I would be part of an organization and it was no longer the case, you know, it happened when I was with my with Washington yeah. Bullets my first year before I left. And they told me that, you know, Muggsy, we're going to build players around you to fit your stature and your style of play. And then when I was with the Hornets, George Shannon and Dell, you know, we was told that we'll be part of this organization, you know, until our grandkids, you know, decide to retire. Um, so having that feeling and thinking that you're going to be part of the organization for the entire life, you know, it felt really sting a sting when they decided to trade you um again as you alluded to we had a long run for nine straight years of sellout and i remember when i left that year um to go to uh, golden state and the hornets still made the playoffs that year but unfortunately the fans wasn't there with them um they had to black out the top and everything and and all that sort of stuff to in terms of you know, because of the disappointment. And we were, we felt like we were the heart and soul of that team in terms of what we meant to the community as well as the organization. Um, but as again, you know, that's the ugly head of the NBA will show his, you know, his time anytime he, he, he wants to show his head. So uh, Muggsy Bogues, North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer. When you went out and shot the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, episode, <laughs> this is not for, this is the section that's not for the kids. It's one of the funnier episodes uh, ever. <laughs> How cool was that experience for you, though? I mean, how you know, because that's that's not a script per se; that's an outline. How did they sell you on the idea, and and, and did you kind of get the joke immediately? Yeah, yeah, I told them they had the right guy for the part for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I had so much fun on this show, uh, Larry and and and, and um, uh, Richard damn. Lewis. Yeah, Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Yeah, yeah, they had me laughing the entire time. The entire time they had me laughing because of the the humorous that they have within themselves. Um, I just had a really relaxed, enjoyable time, and they just gave me the, the storyline and told me go for it. And um, and when I was on the set, uh, I mean, again, uh, just being in, in that same circle with 
Larry David and Rich Lawrence, it was just a hoop, man. I'm just so thankful to have that opportunity. I, I think it's the funniest show on TV even still. <laughs> and then you were on SNL. I mean, that was a different kind of, of energy, I have to imagine, compared to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, the big, tall black man store. Uh, <laughs> I had my big suit on. Yeah. Uh, Charles did a great job uh, yeah. hosting that show that time. I mean, being on the stage with Ricky Smile, uh, uh, the, the old former senator, Al Franken. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, a good, we got a chance to meet Nirvana, uh, RuPaul on that show at the time, which was really exciting for me. I mean, because again, I never knew kid from the projects wind up on SNL. Mugsybugs.com is where you can go. He's got his basketball camps coming up and uh, he is uh, one of the great ambassadors for the city of Charlotte and for the game of basketball uh, sports Hall of Famer and just an all-around great guy. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking some time with us here and uh, continued success with everything. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And people also can go pick up my memoir, The Muggsy Bogues, uh, My Life from the Projects to the Godfather Small Ball on Amazon.com. I like that. Excellent. Thanks for getting that plug in. Uh, and again, MuggsyBogues.com for everything uh, there in Muggsy's memoir at Amazon. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. And uh, thank uh, Brittany for setting this up for us as well. All right, partner. Have a good one. You too. We'll be back uh, to wrap things up after this. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, Hope Solo sentenced to 30 days after a DWI arrest in Winston-Salem. Kids were in the vehicle. Ugh. And uh, the 8-10 and 10 Greenville Little League All-Stars won in Wilson today, and they are now in the single elimination tournament, which starts tomorrow time, TBA. Uh, and enhanced security at that Wilson event. That, of course, follows the uh, deal where there was that shooting during one of the Little League tournaments. Uh, ben, anything uh, that we missed that you want to maybe make mention of before we go here? I, I thought this was interesting. Kyler Murray has a homework clause in his new contract. I saw that. What is that about? So four hours of independent study, in quotations, whatever, however you interpret that. Independent study, four hours of it mandatory. So. He, he realizes he doesn't have to do under bas- underwater basket weaving, right? He's, he's a pro now. Yeah, I, well, I mean, he has a problem reading defense, so maybe they mean, hey, game plan a little bit more. Stop scrambling as soon as you get the snap. I mean, come on, dude. Thanks to the legendary Muggsy Bogues. Great job by Ben. We'll be back tomorrow. Hawk Harrison later in the week. Coverage of AAC Media Days to end the week and a lot more. So uh, catch you tomorrow in the morning on the radio Talk of the Town and then tomorrow wrapping it up on the Patrick Johnson Show.